We have Ann Morrison here. And uh, I hope you're feeling better now. I guess last week was a rough time. You've got some amazing news to cover. Do you have any comments about the inauguration of um, Donald Trump and Mike Pence? Well, I thought it went very well, and uh, there were no surprises. Uh, well, I'll tell you one you know, surprise he... I thought. Uh, you know, we know that uh, Trump is a bit of a narcissist and a, and a kind of like, you know, obviously uh, a celebrity uh, president. But he really focused on the people. He literally, and it says right on Drudge, that he basically said, you know, he leaves himself out. He focused on the we. In other words, the transfer of power wasn't to another party. He said it was to the people. And I really thought that he also invoked God multiple times through his speech. And obviously he had a great speech writer. But the fact that he's invoking God, to me, was very, very positive. It brought me to tears to hear a president invoking the God of the Bible as literally, if we do not have God in our decision tree, even if it looks like it's going to be right, we're going to have problems. So we need to pray for Donald Trump and Mike Pence. We need to pray for Trump that he graduates in terms of his faith, just like uh, King David or David of ancient Israel graduated in his faith even after he sent Uriah to battle and die and steal his wife. He became closer to God and repented of God publicly and even wrote it in the Psalms. So I, I want to see America be great again, but I want America to be great under God. And uh, I was really pleased that he said the power is being transferred back to the people for decades it was basically in the hands of pundits and lobbyists and politicians who often get wealthy even after they leave office, like the Clintons. Well, I think you're right. That's a good analysis. So I I was very pleased by it. Now, we talked in the first hour with Matthew, my son, about long-term effects. And some of the things that Trump's going to do that are going to make America great again in the long term may have some negative effects on the entire planet. And... uh, one of those will be the rise of superstate Europe, which is now they're using the excuse of Brexit and Trump's election for a pan-European army. We see the detente between NATO, literally that's crawled right up to the backyard of Russia, who's re-emerging from the fall of the Soviet Union. And uh, they're re-emerging their areas where there's large amounts of Russian population, like the Crimea or eastern Ukraine, that want better alliances. Remember, the Russians have never moved their army across the border. But... We've moved 3,600 tanks uh, on the Polish border under Obama in the last few weeks. We've moved special forces, I think 377 special forces, to Lithuania on the Kaliningrad border where the Russians are deploying missile systems. And the sanctions are still in place that are crippling the Russian economy and also hurting Europe. So, as Matthew says, the fault lines are being drawn for a future war and the, the, there's negative effects to the reemergence of superstate Europe, which is I call the rise of the Fourth Reich, uh, which isn't necessarily Nazi, but the rise of a superstate Europe, with 530 million now, but then with the absorption of Turkey and Turkic empires bringing in Muslims, it will be number one in the last 10 years or so. Islamified, it, the Galileo missile defense system, which we've acceded to our space command and our missile defense systems, is integrated with Europe. And on the other hand, in a decade, superstate Europe will be the prescient superpower of Earth. Uh, America will have a lot of powers and be affiliated with it, but a nation that's twice as large as America with advanced technology from France, Germany, and Italy, with uh, the alliance with Islam with through Turkey, this is going to be a very different power. And this power uh, is going to shake the world. And I really see that the plan that the Euro European Union had originally, uh, which is going to go away, the administrative power to a Superstate national, more like the United States of Europe, where there's a nationalism to some extent in Italy, but there's also transnationalism. It's to me, it's a very scary event because it draws uh, future fault lines for a possible future war. And uh, I, I don't, I, I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned, not that Trump is responsible for it, but the rise of Trump and reemergence of America is in some ways going to guarantee the superstate Europe in the next decade or two will rise to to prescient power in Europe and Asia, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a rough ride. Well, I don't think it'll be a rough ride for us. I think no, I think it'll be a rough ride for Europeans, and of course they'll drag it into us into it, just like we were dragged into the into the war with the false narrative of the you know attack on uh, Pearl Harbor, where we actually moved our navy from San Diego to Pearl Harbor. We had cracked the code for understand that five weeks before that they were actually coming so that in a sense we set up the scenario to make certain again this is another false flag and disinfo and fake news if you want to call it it's you know documented out there by repeated authors that 
we're being set up again for a decade or so from now for a future very big conflict worldwide. And it won't be biological, chemical, and nuclear. It'll be weather weapons, geotectonic weapons, solar and galactic uh, types of technology. The, the planet itself has been weaponized by five nations. America and Russia are the leading, but there's other nations that have got weather weapons. And, uh, you know, th- this is considerably scarier future than what people realize, isn't it? Well, I'm more interested in uh, getting us prepared for the next few years. And one of the things we're getting let's, prepared let's for that. is... Let's get, let's get into that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is the extent, you know, if Europe and Russia want to go at it, let them. Right. right. <laughs> said, I've got to think about Zika. Ah. And Tell there is a... <clears throat> yeah. Um, <clears throat> there, the University of Alberta... Uh, and he's in the Department of Chemical and Materials Engineering. Now, you wouldn't think that anything relating to Zika would come out of that. <laughs> at least when I was in engineering school, we didn't talk biology at all. Right. But he's been working on uh, vaccines. And uh, what he discovered was that in vaccines they use sugar as a as a preservative. Right. And if the vaccine dries out, the sugar becomes... Um, uh, it no longer clumps up. It, it you know, it, it settles out, and it becomes uh, like a, a spike. And when that happens, the the vaccine is uh, well, it just quits working because it kills the whatever's in the in the uh, vaccine. Ah, and we okay. know that airborne pathogens like flu. And Zika are transmitted in aerosol droplets when right. we cough and sneeze. I mean, we all know that now. Right. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about N95 masks and surgical masks. And yeah, we, we carry those, by the way, the 95, when we just have a pretty good price on them, so they're, they're cheap. Get 100, well, I think 200 hours out of each mask, by the way. Okay, okay, okay. The CDC says the N95 masks are dangerous because you can't wear them for more than 15 minutes. So they only protect oh, you from kidding. your home to your car. Well, no, I've told you this before. Oh, well, I mean, my brain must have gone on Anyway, let me finish this. Why 15 minutes? That's why 15 minutes. That's pretty interesting. Tell me why. Oh, because your um, oxygen <clears throat> level in your blood goes down. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. that, no let, let, me, let me explain what I've done to actually check that. And I have oximeters. I used to carry years ago the N100 mask. And you're absolutely correct that even people are relatively fit, their oxygen saturation drops. And we've actually tested it on people, both people that are regular and with health problems. And with the N95, it doesn't drop. It does drop if you do extreme physical activity, but if you're doing regular things like walking or doing things like that, you're fine. You're quite correct, though. If you're doing extreme activity and you've got marginal lung function, your saturation will drop. But the normal person, even with COPD, it won't drop on an N95 mask. Now, the problem is... A lot of people aren't going to realize the outside surface is getting picked up with radioactive and smoke and other particles like viruses and bacteria. The problem is, how can you keep the inside of that mask sterile when you take it out and put it, say, in a bag? So you're going to recontaminate the inside of the mask if you take it off. So to be honest with you, although it says 200 hours, as soon as you take it off, you're probably going to cross-contaminate the inside of the mask with radiotoxins, viruses, and bacteria. But uh, I've actually done the tests on people because we're concerned about oxygen saturation dropping. And with a 95, unless you're doing extreme physical activity, it doesn't happen. That's an actual well, test. Well, we, we have a new trap for those viruses now. Ah, and then these just. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, uh, I do not recommend the N95s. I right, do recommend well. a surgical mask. Yeah. And uh, as you said, <laughs> Merely handling the surgical mask opens up new avenues of infection because right. it's got virus on it. Right. And so you have to you have to dispose of it as uh, as dangerous material. I mean, ah. you can't just yeah. yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, it becomes the, the hazmat mask becomes itself hazardous. So it itself becomes hazardous. So what this right. guy did, and he was working with vaccines, mm-hmm. so he was working with sugar, and then he said. When he looked at the television, he saw that these people over in Europe and Asia were wearing these masks, um, medical masks, surgeon's masks, whatever. And uh, 
he got it was like a flash in his brain i know i know that you've had that inspiration inspiration yeah inspiration and what he did was that he he realized that when the vaccine dried out the the, it became ineffective and he thought oh well what we will do is we'll put a salt formulation that is water and salt and apply it to the filters and then dry it out and what what that does is that the salt crystals, you know, when you dry out salt, you know, salt is right. hydrographic, hydroscopic. Hydroscopic. And hydroscopic, that's why yeah. you put crackers in your salt, salt cellar. Right. And so, that, uh, so then you dry it out, and you get all these uh, salt, uh, <laughs> salt uh, crystals right. in the mask. Well, then as you breathe in and out, the uh, virus, even even uh, Zika, is uh, carried in the droplets. You know, it's not existing out It's right. not airborne by itself. It's not right. like TB. I mean, <clears throat> it has to have the water with it. Right. And so you, so you breathe in, and, uh, and the uh, Zika virus that it has the water with it is, uh, it's attra- you know, the water, uh, the salt attracts the water, and uh, then the, the salt... Uh, it because it's hydroscopic, dries out, and the virus gets in more and more salty water. And when it uh, finally, when it when it as the as the water dries out and when it's dried, the virus is dead. Wow! Virus, so that, that's so clever. It's so clever. It's so, you know, and I thought, why didn't I think of this? I yeah, could have exactly. thought of this. I mean, yeah, this yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why wasn't your billion-dollar idea, right? So now yeah. is this ordinary salt or is it a special salt formula? Well, he's where he says it's a specialized uh, salt, salt uh, not, not formula. Not sea salt, but or just sodium chloride. It might be some other salt. You're saying? No, he he says it's it's the regular salt, just oh, okay. uh, that you eat. And you know when I make when I make uh, pumpkin seeds to right. eat. You know, I soak them in salt water, right. and then I dry them out in the oven because I usually don't have very many. Right. And then when I when I eat them, I can taste the salt on the shell. Right. So when the crystals form, sharp edges and spikes take shape, and they physically destroy the virus. Uh, the viral capsid, and, right? Uh, excuse me. The viral capsid, yeah. Yeah, and so it's a safe substance. You know, he says it's table salt, and it can improve an existing approved product, which is the medical mask. Now, another thing that you could use, by the way, are uh, defense wipes. They were developed by the uh, animal husbandry industry over 40 years ago, and it's lauric acid and nizen. And like the salt, the lauric acid actually disrupts the viral capsid of all RNA and DNA viruses, probably through a similar mechanism. Lauric acid disrupts the viral capsid, so your salt is even cheaper and easier. You just get the mask salted, dry it out, and then you wear even a surgical mask. So you got to make sure it's respiratory fit, though. The one that I see in the picture you have is like a regular surgical mask, and those are not like we call airtight. Uh, even if you have a little nasal bridge that you can kind of press down on it, that's one of the reasons why the NIOSH mask is so nice because it's pretty well airtight. It's called respiratory fit, and we did that in our hazmat for Ahmed because we have people moving into danger areas where there's toxic, volatile particles, uh, or industrial chemicals or other things, and you have to have respiratory fit. So the little surgical mask they're wearing isn't what we call respiratory fit. It's not tight with a with a band like a gel band around the edge of it that actually seals the air completely. So it's all the airflow has to be through the mask itself and not the edges. Well, I understand that, but he yeah. he says you can do it with a regular medical mask. But the only thing is that you want it so it'll pinch the nose. So that your breath he, he, won't clog he's, up your He's quiet. wrong. I'm, I'm a director of Ahmed. Unless you have respiratory fit, and I can tell you this from hazmat officers and firefighters, they have to have all respiratory fit, and we actually have to test every mask out to make it totally sealed because if they go to a dangerous area where there's toxic volatile chemicals because the building's burning down, it'll kill them in minutes. So unless it's respiratory fit, we can't even certify them to wear the equipment, like a Scott Air Pack, for example. So although he's a good engineer... Unless it's respiratory fitness, an Ahmed doctor and a director, you can't wear it. It's dangerous if you're a firefighter or you're going to a toxic volatile chemical building or radio particles that are floating around in the air. You have to have respiratory fit. 
So they might well, say that, you know, and it might cut some of it down. But to be honest with you, if it could, the air can sneak out the sides of it, like this little mask of this doctor there, uh, it might help a bit. But it, it, you know, if there's ten percent of the air flows on the edges of the mask, it's you're going to either pick up a pathogen or you're going to get radiotoxins. You're going to absorb that are airborne particles because most radiotoxins are charged, so they actually stick to airborne uh, particles of dust and so in the air. They don't just kind of float along on their own. They often will stick because they're charged to some kind of air suspended particle. So it's actually relatively big. So 95, they're called 95s because 95% of smoke particles, which is real small, are picked up by a NIOSH 95 mask. A NIOSH N100 mask, which will cause respiratory dropping in your oxygen, will take 100% of airborne smoke particles, but the danger is your saturation will drop even on a relatively healthy person if you do even moderate activity. So uh, that's the only difference. I'm not recommending these for emergency managers. No, no. I'm, Amer- I'm recommending these for people like you and me who just want to be prepared when we go out in public. Now, the salt, uh, the the, uh, the droplets that right. uh, that people sneeze or cough on you are attracted to the salt because the salt is hydrogromic. Hy- right? Hydroscopic, yeah. Hydroscopic. hydroscopic, and so it'll it'll <clears throat> draw the droplets. To the salt, and uh, as it dries out, then the, the droplet will become more and more salty, and the virus will die. And then that mask is no longer a dangerous product to handle. You don't. That's have true. To that, that's another positive thing because even the NIOSH masks become dangerous. Uh, and another option might be to take out and cut up little uh, squares of the uh, defense wipes and put it on the inside of a NIOSH mask. So you get the respiratory fit. And you get the inside of the mask, but it's still, once you've used it for, say, eight or ten hours, uh, because it, it will kill it in that layer of nizzen and, and, and lauric acid, uh, the mask, on the, at least on the inside, will still be safe. In other words, because it persists. As long as that material is moist, it's going to kill the virus off. And we, we've proven that even with, with these NIOSH masks, with, sorry, with the defense wipes, that goes back 40 years in the animal husbandry business, that as long as the mask, that, that wipe is, is moist even for a week or two, and you put it back in a Ziploc bag, it's going to kill any virus, both RNA and DNA, capsid virus, continuously. It doesn't just it doesn't just last for a few days. It's amazing. As okay, long as it's moist, it still kills. Yeah. Okay, but for us preppers out there, we probably already have a stock of masks of one kind or another. Yeah. We can we can take them out of the package, soak them in salt water, right. as strong as you like and dry them out in the oven, and then put them back in your preparedness supplies. Right, it's simple, it's easy, it doesn't cost much, and it'll protect you a lot more than any kind of mask. Now, that one will, may protect you against uh, most of the droplet sprays that are heading directly at you at 200 miles an hour from somebody coughing in your face. Uh, uh, but it probably won't protect against radiotoxic particles or toxic chemicals. No, so, no, no, I'm not, I'm, no, no, we're talking about viruses. Right, so yeah, so if you're specifically talking about an airborne pathogen like the flu virus or or some other virus, uh, by the way, is there any is there any evidence or any other means that the Zika virus can be spread or filoviruses by airborne droplets? Has anybody said there might be some in the in a in a cough or someone that has a respiratory infection along with Zika? Uh, has anybody looked at the, any other means of transmission of it? Oh yeah, they know it's in the saliva. And uh, so anytime you're, you're talking to somebody or you're coughing or sneezing, then, yeah, you're, you're sending out Zika. Yeah, because I know that gentleman up in Utah that was taking care of his relative, he picked it up apparently from the tears of his relative that was dying of Zika. And he had a mm-hmm. Zika cerebritis. In other words, he had a cerebral infection with Zika, which was the cause of his demise. And the other relative picked up Zika virus infection by the tears of his elder relative. Interesting. Wow. Well, they haven't proved that yet. That's well, that's theory. what they say. That's what they. That's their theory. Again, they have some evidence because they didn't see sexual transmission or mosquitoes certainly up in Utah.
You, your husband, your wife, your children, we all need food. And with dozens of food storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Hey folks, John Stattmiller here. We at RBN understand, which is why I personally searched out a storable food company and one with similar core values to us here at RBN and of course you, the listener. Well, I found such a company. I'd like to introduce you to Numana Food Storage. Numana Food Storage, highly nutritious, GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high fructose corn syrup, has no chemical preservatives or soy, and Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. To back up my claims, we've made Numana Food Storage the exclusive food sponsor of RBN. Call 888-597-0775, 888-597-0775. Order online at NumanaRepublic.com. That's N-U-M-A-N-N-A, Republic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. Hi, folks. In a world of GMO, genetically modified organisms, that is, chemicals, processed foods, and a healthcare system that's unraveling like a cheap suit, it's time to prepare. God created herbs, and herbs help man. Our body can heal itself, just sometimes we need assistance. You need some help? GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Our mild detox is quite powerful with its unique blend of eight different herbs. And if you're looking for more, our non-GMO supplements will help you with different needs you might have. Health should be a top priority. Take care of your health naturally. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Give your body a treat. Let the herbs do their thing naturally. Read all the testimonies on the website. GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Sickness and viruses are like intruders, and herbs are like warriors. Let the tea work for you. That's GetTheTea.com. Oh, fall. My favorite time of year. Cooler temperatures and, well, let's be honest, layers. Lots and lots of layers. Look, I get it. We all have that favorite hoodie. Matter of fact, I've got a few favorite hoodies. You should wear yours. Enjoy it. I do, but I stay focused on my health year-round. And for me, I take Nature's Youth RSF from naturesyouth.com. Nature's Youth RSF from naturesyouth.com. I eat right, control my portion sizes, still maintain a commitment to regular fitness, and I get plenty of rest and I take Nature's Youth RSF. It's okay to cover up your beach body for a few months, but don't just forget about it. Nature's Youth understands exactly what it means to provide top-quality health products, and Nature's Youth customers not only improve their health, they know they're also providing their body with the right nourishment to maintain peak performance levels and fight the aging process. So layer up and get started today with Nature's Youth RSF. Nature'sYouth.com. Simple to use, even simpler to order. Go to Nature'sYouth.com. That's Nature'sYouth.com. quite a bit of time on that. I think if you want to talk about more biosecurity, what about Zika virus? Anything new on Zika? Or you've got some interesting stories here on Japanese tapeworm in Alaska caught salmon. That's what I want to talk about next. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about this tapeworm. It was found in the fish. It was caught off the Alaskan coast. And this tapeworm is new to Alaska. It's from uh, Asia, specifically Japan. Now, how did... How did that fish get from, I mean, normally the fish, this particular fish, the salmon, wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been caught with a tapeworm from Asia. Right. And uh, for that reason, uh, the CDC has put out a report that said uh, you need to, to look elsewhere, and uh, people who eat raw fish really need to eat elsewhere. And this particular tapeworm can grow up to 30 feet long. Whoa. Now, the... The uh, Department of Fish and Game in Alaska said uh, <laughs> salmon, they're wild animals. They're going to have parasites. They're out in nature. Right. Okay. Now, we think that as preppers, we'll probably be eating game. Right. Because we won't have uh, the factories that are going to uh, be producing uh, pristine chicken or pigs or whatever. Right. And you're not going to have. And in fact, uh, 
you're not going to have the inspectors is the main thing. There's nobody just going to inspect the food. So uh, I looked up an article, and it's attached, and it's called The Effect of Freezing on uh, Microorganisms in Parasites. Uh-huh. And uh, it talks a lot about... Uh, with, uh, they went through a whole trial. They tried smoking fish. They tried cooking fish. They tried uh, all sorts of things in order to get uh, all the parasites out of these wild animals. And uh, they finally decided uh, that they'd try freezing. And uh, there's two types of freezing that they did. And uh, what they what they discovered, and I'm just going to read this, the anthrax bacilli can resist uh, minus 130 degrees centigrade. Sal- Salmonella, <laughs> Salmonella can withstand minus 175 centigrade for three days. Uh, tuberculosis, two, tuberculosis, two days at minus 10 degrees. Swine fever, uh, 73 days. And so you can see that these, these parasites that, uh, are, that you can get are... Uh, you know, if you just freeze them, if you just put them in your home freezer, that's not going to do it. And so uh, what they did, um, they, they, did a, they did the salting and the smoking, and then they, they said they, they looked at the freezing. And the cryogenic method, and that is uh, liquid nitrogen, right. uh, the inactivation was immediate. So they... If you, if you put it in the liquid nitrogen door, uh, it's going the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, bugs, the parasites, are going to be killed. Wow, that's in 24 cool. hours. And you can yes, do it. You can have a, unless I had a door in my office for years, you can literally take a small chunk of meat and then to put it on tongs and just drop it in there and bring it back up. Bam, pathogens are toast, so you don't need a radioisotope. Or leave it in right. there for days and just like, bam, and the crystals just shadow the virus or bacteria or even these spores. That's pretty cool. And not only that, these doers are not very expensive. No, the gallon, yeah. The gallon will cost you $2. Right. And if you get a larger one, you can get it as cheap as $0.50 cents a gallon. Right. And if by the way, you have a proper seal at the top, they'll last you months. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um... And then they tried flash freezing, and they said, well, that's okay, but you're going to have to leave it in there for a while. So this is, you know, if you're at home, uh, and, and liquid nitrogen is relatively easy to get, and even cheap. today. Oh, yeah. And it, you can keep it in their, in their standard uh, packaging, which is a big cylinder with a funny-looking top. But you can keep it, you know, it stays in there. It doesn't get out. Right. And so you, so you can have it and uh, uh, unlimited shelf life, and then you can use it to uh, freeze your game, your deer or turkey or whatever, and then you're safe from uh, worms, cysts. How about using that in the preparation before you dehydrate it in the dehydrator? And long-term package it. Maybe you should dunk it first, and then store, and then dehydrate it in your dehydrator. That'd be another idea. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great idea. Good ideas today, Ann. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party 
and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. I'm getting older and noticing that my body just doesn't work as well as it used to. So I like to keep fit as possible by hitting the gym a few times a week. Recently, I started having a nagging bicep pain and it got so bad I couldn't even lift the weights. When I was complaining about it to a friend, he told me about Angioprim. He said chelation helps remove toxins, heavy metals, and cholesterol in veins and arteries that may cause blockages. You know, after just one week of taking Angioprim, the pain was gone and now I'm back in the gym full strength. Scientific research proves the active ingredient in angioprim has superior oral chelation action that helps promote cardiovascular health. So to learn more, go to angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com. Or talk to a trained consultant. Call angioprim toll-free at 877-882-7221. You'll feel better with more energy. Call 877-882-7221. Or go to the website, angioprim.com. It's time for you to have your own custom smartphone app for your business and pay way less than you can imagine. Introducing the I Can Get To Silent Salesman mobile marketing app, a global mobile marketing and communication tool for your business. Go to appsapart.com and learn how you could earn up to $36,351 or more per month just by inviting two people or less into a $14.95 per month program. Go to appsapart.com and be sure to watch the video at the top of the site and listen to the audio message from the CEO near the bottom. This is something you won't want to miss. Go to appsapart.com now or call 646-860-9540. That's 646-860-9540. Get the I can get two. That's I-C-A-N-G-E-T, the number two, silent salesman app at appsapart.com. That's A-P-P-S-A-P-A-R-T.com. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to AROutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AROutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. So, and the next story is about ethanol and GMO corn. Tell us the story because this this is science. So, it really is not a theory. There's some pretty hard science behind it. What's going on? Well, this is part of crony capitalism, but it, it affects the food that we eat. And what's happened is that uh, you know they they make ethanol out of corn. Right. Well, the people that are running the corn ethanol plants, they want more sugar in the corn. Because it's the sugar that they turn into uh, alcohol, ethanol. And so they, they, they put out a GM product that does that, and this is Syngenta, and so it makes uh, the corn produce more ethanol. Right. The problem about that is that, and it's called uh, Enogen, uh, it's, you can't, I mean, it's, it's like any crop that uh, produces through uh, wind, you know, 
And uh, if one kernel of energy gets into 10,000 kernels of regular eating corn, even GMO, it uh, ruins the corn. Because they, what they do is they grind it up, and uh, it, it, that much makes a difference in how much sugar is in the corn. And when they, when they make the cornmeal, then uh, the, the things that they make out of that become soggy. And so it's, it's taking food away from millions of people. Uh, because if you can't trust your corn, uh, there's, there's whole civilizations that live on corn. Right. And, and so... So in uh, other words, it degrades the corn carbohydrate into ethanol uh, because of that genetically modified characteristic. And therefore, the carbohydrates are not available for the animal or human in order to become part of the nutrition, is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. So it's only good for that segment of the model. Now, what happened was, and the next article shows it, uh, you, I bet you never heard of uh, distillers' dried grains, but uh, distillers' dried grains are what's left over after they make ethanol, and uh, they use it for animal feed, and they have been, they have been uh, China has been raising the tariff. Uh, uh, you remember last fall? Yeah, they blocked our GMO corn because of the of this animal feed that literally is what's left over after they make the eth- the, uh, the ethanol. Yeah, China, uh, the U.S. went to the World Trade Organization, telling them that the uh, tariffs from China were too high, and so China <laughs> on the 11th of January, which what well, was nine days ago, right. uh, they're going to. Uh, uh, the anti-dumping duties will range from 42% to 54%, and initially they had said there would be 34%. So uh, the reason they're doing that is because they, they uh, you know, the feed is, uh, they say they're dump- we're dumping it on China because we can't use it over here. <laughs> you know, the, the animals don't like it. Uh, yeah, you it can't even use it for... Right. It's mushy, doesn't taste properly, and probably doesn't... Nurse them as well because it's turning into alcohol. Yes, and uh, we sell, we export. It's called uh, DDGS uh, 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 to China, Mexico, South Korea, Vietnam, Canada, and others. But apparently, uh, you know, our farmers are smart enough to know that. Well, <laughs> this stuff is no good, so we're, we'll send it over someplace else. Oh, really? And so the Chinese uh, are smart enough to know that we're trying to dump them garbage. Apparently, yeah. yes. And uh, they say we're going to increase this anti-dumping tariff, and then uh, we complained to the WTO, and I remember when they did that, and because uh, I remember reading the announcement about it, and then China says, well, if you're going to complain about 30% tariff, we're going to raise it to 60%. <laughs> so we're in a trade war with China. Now, by the way, is this, is this corn, the Mon 80 corn that was reviewed about six, seven years ago in Austria? Is it Mon 80? No, no, this is this is what's left over no, I'm talking from about the making corn ethanol. The genetic, uh, it's genetically modified corn, though, right? This is what's left over after the corn well, is yeah, made Yeah, I, I realize into that, but the, but the originating corn is genetically modified. It's not normal co- corn that you just kind of grow to eat. It's a, it's, a, it's a non-eating corn that's been genetically altered in ways, right? And one of there the ones is, that, I, that I, I've actually re- seen reports of is that one they test in Europe, because the Europeans are very much against genetically modified food, uh, including Mon 80, because it's interesting when they fed not Mon 80 corn to gerbils, their scrotums turned uh, purple, their brains shrunk, they get organomegalate, let any of them turn diabetic and allow them to develop tumors. And they found they became sterile. Uh, so that Mon 80 corn is, is outlawed in Austria, I know, as of six or seven years. But a lot of these genetically modified crops do weird things that we wouldn't expect on the animal or human population. Unfortunately, even if they tell you that you're you're having you know normal beef, for example, they're feeding them genetically modified food, and I think that that has a danger of, of effects. Now, this is obviously garbage that contains more alcohol rather than just carbohydrates for the animals, so it's, the animals are obviously not going to like it. 
But I wonder if there's epigenetic effects that we, you know, as these animals are eating this stuff, if it's going to have effects on their flesh. So when we eat the animal, you know, we become GMP, genetically modified people. Well, that's exactly uh, what they're worried about. Uh, and apparently the FDA and the USDA they, and the company didn't do any animal-human studies. Mm. They just said, oh, we got more alcohol out of this corn, so we're going to raise this corn. You're kidding. <laughs> so they never talked about the fact that this what's left over after they pull the alcohol out also has genes besides it has more alcohol than carbohydrates. They didn't and talk that's, about not, that. the, that's yeah. not the only thing. About a month ago we talked about... Um, these uh, GMO corn right. that uh, that was uh, Roundup ready. That right. is, the, you could spray it with Roundup, and it would kill the weeds, but it wouldn't kill the horn, corn, and that's GMO modified. Right. And when they spray, so they spray the corn with this uh, Roundup. Well, the problem is whether it's an insecticide or a pesticide or whatever it is. In order to make it adhere to the leaves of the plant, it's like super glue because they don't want rainwater to wash it off the leaves. Right. And so you can't separate it from the plant. So when the, when the plant is harvested, you've got all this adhesive uh, in, the, in the leaves from the insecticide or pesticide. And so uh, that is going nowhere except into the food chain because what they do is they grind up those leaves and they feed it to animals. So it isn't so much the GMO part that you need to be so worried about. It's the fact that you're getting insecticide. Gross amount of insecticide. Roundup, yeah. Wow. Because, yeah, because 90% of the corn that's grown is Roundup ready. And you remember we talked about stack traits? Right. That's not the only thing it's ready for. I mean, it's ready for for worms, nematodes, fungus. They they stack these traits now, and um, uh, so that when you're getting the corn, especially if you're giving it to livestock, you've got not only one GMO, one gen- genetic modified. One gene modified, but you may have a dozen genes modified. Right, so what you said a few weeks ago, where the stack traits might create sterile soil, I call it the soil of Armageddon. In other words, it's the soil of famine, where literally you cause the fixing uh, fungi in the soil that actually pull nutrients and water into the plants and the rhizomes, and now those fixing fungi are not present, they're dead. So now you have dead soil that won't grow healthy food or crops at all. Right. Scary stuff. Yeah, wow. this is scary stuff, and we need to keep track of it, and it looks like the Chinese will keep track of it for us. Well, the Chinese we, scientists actually were aware. I, I was aware that the science from China was actually more rational than our science, and they didn't have the political uh, cronyism there, even though they have the Communist Party. They said, no, we don't want your stuff. They've blocked every kind of genetically modified coming, food coming into China that you can stand, and... You know, they've got a giant amount of scientists, so if GMO was a good way to go, they would have done it. And the Chinese decided to say, no, we don't want your stuff. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, well, uh, you know, as somebody who's into preparedness, uh, you want to be able to grow uh, heritage corn. That right. is, corn that will reproduce from its own seed and other corn plants. These these GMO plants are hybrids, and right. you cannot plant the seed from them and expect to get a, another corn plant. So you need heritage seeds. Well, the problem is that the uh, pollen fly, it goes with the wind, and so if one pollen cell gets on your corn crop, you don't know what you've got. But when you go to eat it, it's mushy. <laughs> it's not like the corn you thought you were getting. So it's it's really bad for those of us in the preparedness industry. And uh, we need to keep after the FDA and the USDA and and uh, uh, well, FDA, USDA, to make sure that they're testing these on uh, livestock and humans. Now, I need to move very quickly across to a superbug. And a woman died of CRE, and you remember, and this was the uh, Klebsiella 
pneumonia. <laughs> I probably didn't pronounce yeah, that right. It's Tebsiella, you know, you got it precise. Tebsiella pneumonia, and it's a, it's a resistant form. What, what's the resistance? Uh, it was resistant to every known antibiotic, 16 different antibiotics. Yeah, I, I actually got a report just a few days ago about a bacteria that's resistant to, and I think it might be Klebsiella, resistant to 26 of the major antibiotics. In other words, there's nothing now or even in the pipeline that can stop us from killing you in the ICU or hospital. Nothing. Right, and they've had cases in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Illinois, um, Georgia, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, and uh, Rhode Island, no, Massachusetts. And, And by the way, we have three... Uh, killing antipathogenics that can never develop resistance. We have Allison Med from Germany, which is half the price of the Alamed from, from Britain, from Dr. Peter Jostling. We have uh, Neutrodyne, which is the monoatomic super uh, form of the Edgar Casey form of iodine that kills all pathogens, never develop resistance. And we have Neutrosilver, and the way it's designed, and I'll just say something brief on this, it is angstrom ionic silver hydrogenated and put it in an enzymatic envelope of liposomes. It's way more powerful even than our silver citrate, and it has a vehicle to carry it across cell membranes to the target tissue. So uh, we have three major antipathogenics, and we have antivirals, for example, our neutral defense I designed, uh, it directly disrupts the viral capsule of all RNA and DNA viruses, blocks the Fenton reaction that's necessary for pathogen or tissue planes, and is the most powerful stimulant for NK killer cells you can get. So the typical person should have these things, these pepper things available because super pathogens, not just biological weapons, are spreading everywhere. More and more we're seeing, you know, much more vicious forms of, say, flu. And part of these are they put out a flu vaccine that is live attenuated uh, and it's recombining and creating new versions of flu that are much more deadly than the previous versions. And they've done this kind of, almost not mistakenly, but stupidly, several times, haven't they, Anne? Where they've actually created new super weaponized flu just by making vaccines that, that basically turn people into mixing vessels. Yeah, what happens is if you get two viruses in one of your cells, and that's very possible if you have if you if you have the flu and a cold, and you get the, both of them in your in a cell in your body, they will exchange uh, genes with each other, right. and or your DNA, and, and uh, make new viruses or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was twenty six. They were resistant to twenty six antibiotics. And you, so that's right. And she had had uh, multiple hospitalizations and surgeries in India, and then she came over here. Now, they were able to keep it out of the hospital. So what they do is, uh, what they well, as soon as they knew she had CRE, they put her in her own private area, right. and they had just one person or two people, one per shift, looking after her, and they didn't do anything else except look after her. And uh, then what you do is that you, uh, that you have infection control contact precautions. In other words, there's a checklist to go in and out of her room. And uh, that means that you have to have on uh, personal preparedness equipment, such as masks and visors and gloves and, and all those things. And... Uh, and the other thing they did, the way they found out she had CRE was that she had health care exposure, and the, uh, the hospital found out about that. So right. she came in from in- India, and so they knew that, and so they immediately implemented these uh, health care protocols, and as near as they can tell, they were successful in keeping anybody else from getting the CRE. Yeah, one of these units, by the way, has to have a separate air filtration system, has to have what's called UV windows and walls. In other words, there has to be an ultraviolet light wall, so if you walk through it, anything exposed to the UV light is going to get fried right away. Uh, they need to ozonate the air that's going through the air filtration system. They need a HEPA-style filter that's going to grab all the virus and swap the filter out and, and, and you know, regularly. Uh, there's a lot of measures. I mean, you have to literally create, a, in a sense, almost like a spaceship, to put these people, it's not a cheap thing. 
I think before the epidemic happened about five or six years ago, we only had five places in America that even had we call reverse protection ICU units that had total separate air systems and trained staff. I think they've expanded that somewhat. But if we ever got a really resistant bacteria, we'd overwhelm the current system probably in the first week. It would happen. And if it's going up in an arithmetic uh, progression, we would be overwhelmed within the first uh, few weeks to months where most people would be in a non-reverse protection environment and it would spread like crazy. Uh, I was involved with Operation Top Off in Dark Winter, and we did a computer simulation with NOAA supercomputer time in Boulder, and we had a computer simulation of a person coming from Cairo, Egypt, to Oklahoma City. It's interesting, Oklahoma City. And uh, what we found is, using these different parameters, that it would infect 93 countries and 93 million Americans in 90 days. So it would take, it would spread like wildfire. And some of the earlier protections, like this situation with this one woman that they obviously were on the ball, uh, wouldn't be there after a very short time, uh, and we would be overwhelmed. Crazy, eh? Hospitals are a good place to stay away from. Yeah, it's a good place to pick up a serious pathogen that'll kill you. I've had recent consults in the last two weeks where at least two of my people consultations have died going to hospital. It killed them. Caused by these so-called super pathogens. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. You, your husband, your wife, your children, we all need food. And with dozens of food storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Hey folks, John Statmiller here. We at RBN understand, which is why I personally searched out a storable food company and one with similar core values to us here at RBN and of course you, the listener. Well, I found such a company. I'd like to introduce you to Numana Food Storage. Numana Food Storage, highly nutritious, GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high fructose corn syrup, has no chemical preservatives or soy, and Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. To back up my claims, we've made Numana Food Storage the exclusive food sponsor of RBN. Call 888-597-0775, 888-597-0775. Order online at numanarepublic.com. That's N-U-M-A-N-N-A, republic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. This is Dr. Bill Deagle of the NutriMedical Report, 12 to 3, Monday to Friday. Call-ins are welcome to the show. You can order at 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. i 
like you're pretty sharp today. Do you want to do the uh, update video after the show today, or do you want to do it tomorrow? What would, what would your preference be? Today. Okay, good. Um, you have some information about the British Antarctic uh, Survey and the Brunt Ice Shelf, and it's cracking. What's going on? Yes. Uh, well, it's cracking. And they had deliberately built their uh, Haley 6, which is the current site for their observations, out on this ice shelf. But they had made it uh, so that they could break it down and uh, take it back over the glacier. You know, ice shelf is not a glacier. Yeah. The ice shelf is what builds up along the edge of the coast. And uh, in case they needed to move it, because they already knew that there was a chasm in this uh, Brunt ice shelf. It's like uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Larson uh, C ice shelf that was cracking. Remember, we already lost Larson A, and then we lost Larson B, and now they're thinking they're going to lose Larson C. Uh-huh. Well, this isn't too far away from that. It's, it's really at the bottom of the Atlantic. And uh, so they built their, their research uh, facility out there on that Brunt ice shelf, and now a new crack has appeared, and uh, they're moving all of their uh, all of their uh, uh, equipment back 14 miles, ah. and they also see another chasm um, coming in from the south. So, um, and you can you can tell that since 2012, it's uh, cracked about uh, four well, miles. Now, now, why is that happening? Because what I hear is that. Although the Northwest Passage is open in the North Pole, that the actual amount of snow and ice and cold weather is actually increasing in Antarctica, but yet these chasms and these breaking pieces off these ice shelves, there was one, I think, what, six, seven years ago that was bigger than Rhode Island that broke off and floated away from Antarctica. And I'm not sure you probably know which shelf that was, but uh, why, why is that happening? Is it increased ultraviolet light that's hitting the Earth that's cracking it? Is it something like... Uh, under oceanic volcanism, you know, what's doing it? Uh, why is it cracking? Well, they, yeah, they, 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 uh, what they found is that underneath the ice shelves, the, uh, there are valleys in the ocean floor. Right. And that allows the warmer water from the ocean to get under the ice shelves and melt them from below. Ah. So it doesn't, yeah. And uh, so they're going to, uh, the, in fact, they're already moving it. And uh, they they said that this is the in 2012 uh, the first signs of movement in the chasm. Uh, it had lain dormant for 35 years, and by uh, 2013, in just a year, it it started to uh, crack, and now it's cracked about 10 miles worth. Wow! Yeah. Now, so that's what, what, what's happening? I heard that the the, the Paris uh, uh, Climate Accord. Uh, was being pushed by Barack Obama. No, see, under Trump, he's dismissed all the factors about climate change. I don't think that's a good policy. I'm not sure how much humans are contributing, but it's much more complex. It's very complex, yes. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, it's going to be a brand new world. We'll probably do the show update uh, about a half hour after the end of this hour. About an hour okay. and a half from now. And we'll do it in nice uh, live stream videos. If you sign up for live stream, you'll get a notice on your phone or iPad or computer. We'll put it up. It'll be about an hour long. It'll cover all these points and much more with nice pictures and video, etc. You don't want to miss it. Your programs are very popular on live stream, Vimeo, YouTube, and Minds. Back in an hour and a half with Ann. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutral 
neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at NutriMedical.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 